G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne with the financial support of the Community Radio Foundation. We come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. 7,000 early childhood educators walked off the job on Wednesday the 5th of September. You probably were aware of that. It probably happened right in front of your face to fight for equal pay across Australia. The Big Steps campaign for professional pay rates was heard all across the country. We report from Melbourne's Fed Square. Stick Together's Queensland reporter Craig Garrett takes us to the Queensland Labor government's promised parliamentary inquiry into wage theft. But first, some workers' news. One worker dead, two workers injured, with one fighting for his life after a kibble of wet cement fell on them at a Box Hill construction site in Melbourne on Thursday, September the 6th, last week. The vat of cement fell due to mechanical failure of the crane. Police and WorkSafe investigations are underway. In our industry, you don't often get too many second chances. Dr Jerry Ayres, the safety manager of the CFMEU's Victorian division, said. And tragically, that's been proven again. He said seven Victorians had died in workplace accidents across the construction industry since January and Thursday's incident should be a wake-up call. When we come on site and we call for things to be done differently and done safely, That's the reason, Dr Ayres said. The union instructed delegates and members that industry fatality policy would be implemented. Step one, provide a report on the incident to workers on site. Step two, observe one minute silence. Step three, full OH&S ordered of your site. The construction union said the crane involved belonged to Clark Cranes, which it said also owned the crane that collapsed on a Richmond construction site in July. On Thursday, the construction union issued an alert to stop using Clark cranes. Dr Ayres has also called on WorkSafe to seize the offending crane and undertake a forensic inspection of its operation. He has also demanded Clark cranes do a mechanical inspection of its crane fleet and urged other companies to do the same. The CFMEU issued the statement that seven construction workers have been killed at work in Victoria already this year. The building industry is dangerous, but workplace fatalities are unacceptable. Our sincere condolences are with the workers' family, loved ones and co-workers. They advise that all members, including regional-based members, can access Incalink counselling services across Victoria and Tasmania simply by calling 1300-000-129 anytime. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. 7,000 early childhood educators walked off the job on Wednesday the 5th of September to fight for equal pay across Australia. 
in all major capitals, including Darwin, rallies brought rural and city workers together. Educators are continuing to escalate their action with the fourth walk-off in 18 months. They are taking this unprecedented step to demand that this government values their work and the differences they make in children's lives by funding professional pay. Educators currently earn as little as $22 per hour despite holding qualifications. Stick Together was at Federation Square, Melbourne. G'day, I'm from uh, 3CR. Can you tell me uh, where have you come from? Um, we're from Good, good Start, no, sorry, Noble Park. Yeah. You haven't walked all the way from there though? Uh, no, no, we uh, caught a bus and yeah. yeah. What was the day like? <laughs> uh, the day has been pretty good actually. All our parents at our centre supported us and picked up their children. So yeah, we're happy. <laughs> we're really happy. Hopefully we're heard today. So. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Hey guys, I'm, I'm from 3CR, you're, you're from Noble Park? No, I'm from Dandenong. Dandenong, so you've yeah. come here today to yeah. Federation Square to ask for equal pay? Yeah. Yep. How's the day been? How was your work? Uh, did the parents support you? Oh yeah, yeah, they are very much, you know, they all supported us tremendously. Yeah, they're really good. All children were picked up, except few. All children are picked up and they really supported our cause. Now, this has been a long struggle, hasn't it? Yeah, sure. For years. Yeah. yeah. For years we've been fighting for it. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> we'll You're just going to keep fighting? Yeah, we have to. We have to. Yeah. What would it mean to you to get this pay rise? Um, see, we are, we, we are the professionals. We are not like nannies. That's why we're fighting. We, we are not getting professional pays at all, you know. So we are fighting for that. Treat us as professionals, not like nannies. You know, we are making a difference to the children of Australia and then they, we should be honoured, like, you know, you know, respect our profession. So that's we are fighting for. Is this unanimous in your centre, your belief? Yes, yes. Everyone believes that because, you know, it is not, that's what I'm saying, you know, that some people think that this is looking after children is just a nanny job, so it's not. It's yeah, much yeah, more to yeah. it, so that's, that's what we're fighting for, and everyone agrees to it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Something? If you want, I'm a parent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Give me your uh, impression of what's going on here. Yeah, so as a parent of a child um, who I just think it's vitally important that we increase the pay for these early educators, that means so much to me and my child's growth and development. Um, they certainly are not babysitters there. When I drop my son off every day, I know that he's safe, that he's well-fed, that he's loved, cared for. He plays, he develops he's educated, he grows, and he comes back home and shows me and my partner things that he's learned there that we would have never imagined. And so he's helping us to grow as parents by picking up things that day-to-day -day, um, that these early childhood educators have given to him. So. And you've come to stand with people at Federation Squared. Um, what would you say to politicians who are holding the purse strings? I would say that society has moved on and fully understands that we 
as a society value um, these professionals and believe that they need to be paid more. It's just that government needs to catch up. G'day, I'm from 3CR. <laughs> yeah, can you? G'day, how are you? You've Good come, day. you've come in solidarity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Are you a parent? Parent and uh, proud unionist, and um, yeah, come from a long line of active teachers, and so education's the most important profession, I believe, because it builds all the everything else in society. And so these people here, these childcare workers, they're so underpaid and undervalued, but they're doing one of the most important jobs there is. And so I'm happy to be here in support of them. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah. Do you want to today? Do you know why we're here today? For the wally. For better pay, that's what it is. Everybody's wearing blue t-shirts. Everyone's wearing blue t-shirts, yeah, which is really cool. It's good to have a united voice on something as important as this topic. So what are you doing with the big book? The which, This big book here. Ah, we're just writing our... Um, the our support and our, I'm an educator. I'm, we're writing our um, putting our protest that we have to be united because we want to have an equal pay and we deserve. I think we all believe that we deserve it. And we, I came here with one of the parents because the parent is a nurse and she, um, and um, she thinks that we are supporting the nurse because. They go to work and we help them, you know, um, take Bring care of the children, out. educate the children, look after the children. So they, this is one with us. She came here today to yeah, support great. us. Yeah, that's great. So this is our voice. So in a, a sticker with a piece with your name on it. Yeah, with a name on it. But in our center, we are uh, paid well. We're, uh, we were paid well. But... We came here to support the educators that don't get the, that, that pay. I'm from 3CR, and I've seen you at every one of these events. Yes. Uh, you, you're obviously an early childhood educator, yes, so you'd like a change? Certainly would. Uh, we, we deserve a better pay. We can't live on love, and that's what is what we're being asked to live on at $20 a pay. Now, now you... Uh, uh, I mean, it was a very exuberant uh, gathering last year, and uh, this last is year and, 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 in and March. The, yeah, that's right. We've had, this is our second this year. We had a very big gathering in March, and I'm ho- I'm hoping we exceed that today. And so you're putting the pressure on. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we you're are. a member of United Voice. Yes, I am. Yep. Yes. And are most of the people in your uh, centre? Yes, they are. Yes, yes, and they all believe um, what we stand for. What about parents? Yes, parents are very supportive or I wouldn't have been able to come. Parents have to be supportive to what we're doing and they don't believe that we... They believe that we should be paid more um, and that they don't believe we shouldn't be just working for nothing because of what we do. We educate their children. Do you think it's got something to do with the fact that the sector is predominantly female? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, like most um, low-paid low jobs, it's predominantly female, and that's where the issues are. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because people have stood up and stepped out about this, and as a, or a predominantly female uh, workplace, uh, that's changing the nature of the, the perception of women, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, they 
we're gathering as a, as a group of women. We're probably this, this group's suffragettes from many years ago, standing up for our rights and getting them, hopefully. Yeah. Thanks. And therefore, will not support their submissions before the Fair Work Commission. Well, a short Labor government will be supporting submissions made, and indeed will be undertaking to ensure that these workers get their justice. Currently, they are undervalued. If you look at the comparable work, whether it's responsibilities, whether it's qualifications, whether it's experience, you see that these workers are not properly uh, recognised and they are therefore not properly remunerated. That has to change. Now, it should start by Scott Morrison supporting these workers. But I won't hold my breath because I've never seen a Liberal Prime Minister ever support working people in this country. All they want to do is tear them down, tear down their unions, and that's why we have the lowest wage growth in this country in more than 20 years. We need to see change and we support the workers. Any further session back to the Fair Work Commission? Well, we've seen already that we were very disappointed with the decision made by the Fair Work Commission, but we will have a Commonwealth, if we're elected, supporting the submissions made by this union and other unions for these workers. About you said you're going to change the uh, support these people. Does that mean there will be a change in the Fair Work Commission? Well, as I've said, we will make sure that we set about providing parameters that will clearly recognise what is axiomatic for most people. That is the the, rec the, the professionalism, the ex responsibilities, uh, the, uh, and the experience of these workers are not properly recognised. I mean, to take undertake the care and the nurturing and the educating of preschool kids is a critical part of our society. And yet these workers are paid less than half the average wage. That is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to a Labor government. It should be unacceptable to the current government.
At the 2018 Queensland Labor Day rally on May 7, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk publicly announced a parliamentary inquiry into wage theft. So the next parliamentary sitting week, we will be introducing a parliamentary inquiry about wage theft in Queensland. August 16, the Education, Employment and Small Business Parliamentary Committee, which investigates these types of things, started its hearings. Those hearings happen in both Brisbane and regional centres. There's also an online survey that's open until September the 30th. Today we're speaking with Ros McLennan, the General Secretary for the Queensland Council of Unions. I started by asking why the need for such an inquiry in the first place. The evidence provided so far shows that wage theft, as reported to the inquiry, is just the tip of the icebergs. There was a recent Fair Work Ombudsman audit that showed more than 60% of businesses in Fortitude Valley didn't comply with workplace laws and most of that relating to the underpayment of wages. Workers are being exploited. You know, we've heard stories from young workers from women workers, from vulnerable workers who feel that they don't have a voice, who can't speak out for fear of losing their jobs and having their hours cut. These are the people that are absolutely being screwed, sometimes because employers don't know, but most often because they don't care. They're getting away with it. Look, and you've mentioned some groups of people. Has the inquiry shown at all who are the most impacted by the kind of current situation? Mm. Well, it, it shows that basically no worker is being immune from being stolen from, whether it's wage theft, superannuation theft, failing to pay overtime by not paying penalty rates, charging employees for breakages beyond the control of that person, skimming off their wages by charging them exorbitant rent for substandard accommodation, and we've heard lots of stories about those as well, not covering them for workers' compensation. Wage theft takes a lot of different forms. It can even be argued that wage theft is when an employer tries to deny an employment relationship and um, makes the employees set themselves up with an ABN to deliver food on a bike or something like that and pretends that they're an independent contractor to avoid their lawful obligations to them. We've heard examples and claims of wage theft from employees in almost every industry and sector. People have been speaking out in hospitality, in fast food, in retail, in agriculture and um, fishing and forestry, in manufacturing in warehousing. Wage theft is absolutely rampant, endemic as a business model, and it's time that something's done about it. Can you just maybe outline what unions have been doing in this area? Well, you know, plenty. Um, Unions have been calling for the criminalisation of wage theft, an industrial division of the magistrate's court. We think that if unions once again had the power to go into workplaces and inspect the wages records of workers, then overnight you would have thousands of extra police on the beat in an environment where work is insecure, where we've got 40% of Australian workers captured in some kind of insecure work. Often workers don't know their rights, 
but sometimes they just don't feel that they have a voice and can speak up. It's also the case that as union membership has declined, the power of working people has, you know, there's a correlation there as well. So, you know, people either don't know their rights or they don't feel that they have power to speak up or they will lose the hours and the job that they have. And even when they do speak up, you know, when they go to the Fair Work Ombudsman or when they go to the Office of Industrial Relations with a complaint, even when employers are called out, they deny culpability, you know, they deny knowledge that they were doing it deliberately and it's like extracting teeth, trying to get that money paid back. You know, whether you're a multinational pizza chain or a celebrity chef, you know, it is snail pace when it comes to workers getting justice and being, you know, having their stolen wages returned. I know you've touched on it, but what can workers actually do if they figure out that their wages have been stolen? Well, they can contact the Fair Work Ombudsman. We would suggest very strongly that they contact a union. They can get legal advice. But this really is a question about power and it does require workers doing what we've done in the past, joining together, demanding that we change the rules because right now the rules are so badly broken which is why wage theft is happening. What does this inquiry mean for, I guess, sort of workers and unions and why is it important? What can, what can we get out of this? Well, it certainly outs the problem. There's hundreds and hundreds of stories being told through various submissions but also through worker voices themselves in the inquiry that really outs the problem. It's completely disingenuous to put the problem down to employers not understanding what their obligations are. In most cases, it's unscrupulous employers operating in a bit of a catch-me-if-you-can kind of mentality. So outing the problem, bringing in strong penalties and deterrence, including criminalising wage theft, but also bringing in a separate industrial division of the magistrate's court would go a long way towards it as well. If we fail to act on wage theft, then it really impacts on the whole community. It's bad for workers because if workers don't have money in their pocket, they can't spend it in local businesses. It means that workers' families are disadvantaged because already too many workers are struggling to make ends meet. Then they can't afford housing, groceries, healthcare. They can't afford what their kids need to participate in school and sport. Legitimate businesses also suffer because what it does is destroy the level playing field for those good bosses doing the right thing and abiding by the law. So really, not just unions and the workers we represent, but the entire community should be standing together in demanding more regulation to wipe out the scourge of wage theft. What's your feeling about the possibility of actually getting more regulation? What submissions to the Queensland Parliamentary Inquiry into wage theft has shown is that the amount of wrongdoing in terms of underpayment by businesses is absolutely endemic. A recent Fair Work Ombudsman audit showed that more than 60% of businesses in Fortitude Valley fail to comply with workplace laws, mostly relating to the underpayment of wages, but it doesn't stop there. We've seen the high-profile case of Domino's Pizza, where the Fair Work Ombudsman's been continuing you know, to pursue them, now with 17 formal cautions after it was found to be underpaying employees 
again, you know, again. This is not just once, but the second time. And the law is so soft at the moment that it's like hitting dominoes over the head with a wet lettuce. I mean, honestly, how many more instances and examples of wrongdoing do they have to find? The audits found that a large number of vulnerable employees working at dominoes, 72% were under 25. So again, you know, they're targeting young people and 48% were workers from overseas on visas. Vulnerable workers that are readily able to be taken advantage of that's shameful. It's a combination of a lack of awareness of their workplace rights, a reluctance to seek help, and a company like Domino's, who is, again, what really sticks in my craw is that these minimum wage workers are getting exploited and ripped off in terms of not being paid what they're due. Minimum wage workers have also got not one but now two kicks in the guts by having penalty rates cut. And you know what's happening for the CEO of Domino's Pizza? He earns 669 times a worker's median wage, 38 mil a year. It is just quite disgusting. I think that really kind of sums it up, doesn't it? And look, just finally, and you may have already touched on this, but what do you think is the thing that needs to happen straight away once we get uh, the findings? In terms of wage theft... We support increasing penalties and fines, but also effective enforcement and recovery of wages is as important as the penalties themselves. Unions need to once again, as we, as we could pre-Howard, we need once again to inspect the books of businesses. We need to put greater effort into educating and informing young people on their workplace rights. We need to send a clear message to dodgy bosses that deliberate underpayment will be treated as a criminal matter and an industrial division of the magistrate's court to force the return of wages that have been um, taken from workers uh, will also be a good start. That was Queensland Council of Unions General Secretary Ros McLennan. For more information about Queensland's wage theft inquiry, go to the Queensland Council of Unions website, www.queenslandunions.org, or the Queensland Parliament Work of Committees website, and you'll have to search for wage theft inquiry there because, yeah, that website's a bit messy. Submissions to the inquiry did close on July 30, but the online survey process is still open until September 30. The committee's report into wage theft is due to be released on November 16, 2018. My name is Craig Garrett, and until next time, stick together. That's it for Stick Together. Thanks to you for listening. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or you can call us on 03 9419 8377. We also have a Facebook presence and we'd love to hear from you. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin, and as Craig said, until next time, stick together.